notes are somewhere. One I have notes. Like... I definitely have opinions, but notes? Notes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one that uh, you could probably get away with uh, without notes on if need be. <laughs> but I'm hosting, so I figured I would. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, I, yeah, there's notes there, but... <laughs> What I write was it as a, of substance? Not, no, not really. <laughs> that is such. Fair enough. We'll get to it. Uh, oh, we're already recording. Well, then mm-hmm. I will get started. Uh, welcome back, listeners, to Dance Robot Dance. This is our 185th episode. Uh, Dance Robot Dance is a podcast where we talk about a lot of different nerdy shit from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. I am Tim. I'm going to be hosting this week. I'm coming to you from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, where we actually got a little bit of fucking snow. Congratulations. Today, which was weird. Yeah, it's gone. It's already gone, yeah. but it was there for like an hour. Oh. I don't think snow something to congratulate him on i know you've been out of canada for a while paul but uh we've had one day of snow this winter and it melted as soon as it hit the ground so yeah yeah that was basically what we got and and like i i wasn't home for christmas this year so i didn't get any uh any snow up there so home for christmas yeah. well i would imagine that both of you will probably see snow even by what the time you move up here paul oh, definitely no. Mid- mid-april i don't know that's uh, trust me i've seen snow on wrestlemania weekends it can happen Hey, remember when we went yeah, to those... see block party on april 4th and it was a blizzard and we got stuck in yep. traffic for Jesus. like three hours absolutely <laughs> yep to see Block Party? That was in yeah. 2000. Oh, Block Party and, the band. Yeah. Not the movie. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not the yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So with me, obviously, I have Mark coming to us from Milton, Ontario. Milton, St. No, Catharines? No, I'm in St. Catharines right now. Okay. Yeah. St. Catharines, Ontario. And Paul coming to us from Seoul, South Korea. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good. You're not coming to us there for, for too much longer. When's your actual move date? February 28th. I Well, presumably. Air, okay. Can- Air Canada canceled my flight because of the coronavirus. So I am now scrambling oh, to get a delightful. new flight. Yeah, it's great. My booking company has decided to drag their feet on giving me a refund, too. So I'm just having a blast calling customer service. Don't you just love Son it? Son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, has the coronavirus been like, I, I haven't heard much about it hitting Korea. It's only, we've had 25 cases of coronavirus. And I think they're pretty good mm-hmm. at keeping the uh, under control, considering they Contained. dropped the ball on MERS. Yeah, I, there's rumors that China's been underreporting their numbers and that it's a lot worse than they make yeah, it out well. to be and stuff. So, yeah, my booking company decided that I can still have my flight to Shanghai, but I can't go anywhere from there. So, <laughs> it's Oh, just... they're so they're canceling everything that's coming out of China well, basically. All the Canadian flights are canceled that are going to and from same in, in the states. They're not flying anyone in and out. My friend yeah, Victor yeah. like works as a teacher in Shanghai, I think, or Beijing, and he can't get in. So, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be contained before too much longer now. I mean, it's here's hoping we'll see. That's not really, not really our kind of content, but yeah. (laughs) So yeah, we've got kind of bonkers main topic for you guys this week, Mm -hmm. but before we get there, let's go into this week's nerdy news. There's not a whole hell of a lot coming on, but this week past weekend was the Super Bowl. But what that mostly meant for the nerds of the world was that we got our first glimpse at some of the Disney plus Marvel series. So there was like a, what, I think it was only like a fucking 30 second ad, but it had, uh, it had some shit from Falcon, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, 
or Captain America and the Winter Soldier, I guess it's being called now. Which makes sense, and that's what I've been saying the entire time. So that, yeah. that actually works for me perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I guess I guess it's I don't know if they're what they're actually calling it. A, a little bit from Loki, and then uh, some shots from WandaVision, all pretty fucking quick and sort of chopped together. But we got sort of our first glimpses of everything Mm -hmm. what'd you guys think about that tantalizing i was like you know what this 30 seconds was like it made me intrigued in about all three tv series like i was already pretty in the bag for wandavision for sure but Mm -hmm. i'm even more interested like having wanda wearing that cheap looking scarlet witch costume as a halloween costume or something in that one scene i was like oh they're they're having fun they're going really weird and i like it i just i'm like i'm actually really pumped for all three series now before i was kind of like uh do we really need a loki series but like you know now i'm like i'm on board yeah absolutely i mean just seeing tom hiddleston play that character again is just so it's much so fun so much fun yeah. yeah and then the wandavision one like seeing the both the characters like jump around in their different time period outfits and everything <laughs> like that that looks like it's basically going to be like the tv version of the movie that we're talking about this week yeah yeah there's a lot going on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people have been doing like collages of all of wanda's different looks throughout the it's very period accurate and spot on I, it looks really good i'm just excited for, i'm most excited for wandavision out of the three but we all we, knew we can tell already. we knew that already <laughs> but um seeing yeah. anthony mackie throwing that shield was pretty cool too yeah you gotta say yeah pretty badass and getting to see our first look at uh at bucky in his new costume and everything and yeah yeah I am pumped for sure. Let's see what else. I mean, a lot of the news this week was about our topic of the week. Jeez, I guess the only other sort of big one was the Why the Last Man movie adaptation or a TV adaptation on FX lost its Yorick. Barry Kogan, who was in Dunkirk and a few other things, was going to be playing Yorick and is no longer. So. I don't know what that means. I wasn't particularly... I mean, I don't have a whole lot of investment in this anyways, and I have even less investment in that dude in particular, so... Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, That's a weird series to adapt to begin with. Like, I'm very curious about how it would come to fruition if it ever did, but it, it's starting to make me feel like, you know, the Sandman adaptation or, you know, anything else that's been in development hell for God knows how long. It's just like, Maybe, maybe just don't. don't. Just don't. Yeah. 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 Let's see what else. They cast Superman and Lois's kids for that upcoming, I guess, Flareoverse CW. Yeah, the CW show. Yeah, show. And they're sort of a couple of teenagers. So I guess they're going for this more like, you know, older Lois and Clark. You know, they've been around for a while already have a couple kids but that could be fun <laughs> here i mean it's cw they had to have teenagers in the show right? yeah and here's my prediction <laughs> is that it's going to totally focus on them and it's going to be smallville all over again where you never see superman ever mm. and that's what's going to happen and you're just going to be like what who they, cares about these two kids going to prom who cares better not fucking do that on a show called superman and lois if they want to call it super sons or whatever which that would be fucking show i'd watch too anyways <laughs> fine but yeah yeah i just like i don't trust the cw with superman at all even because i didn't see the crisis crossover i i'm sure brandon Routh did a great job etc cetera, etc cetera, but like i am in the camp of i watched the first four seasons of smallville and i had enough so <laughs> <laughs> i watched all of smallville uh, and i still had an eye 
Yeah. Oh, you. And I don't know that I'll ever go back and watch it again. Why would you? It was garbage. Yeah. There was good shit in there, but there was not. There was like maybe three seasons of good TV in that those 10 seasons of, of fucking Smallville hmm. total. Yeah. There's so much filler. And I mean, that's what a lot of the C- DCCW shows are anyways. Like when they do sort of big, you know, epic shit, it's you know pretty fun and, and interesting. But then when they do the sort of like, all right, how do we fill out the other 17 episodes of this yeah. season? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, let's introduce a Batman without ever calling him Batman. And then, you know, then he, like n- not know what to do with him. That was the last thing I remember from Smallville that and like the episode that killed Smallville for me was Lana Lang as a witch. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) For some reason, Lana Lang was a witch. And I was like, that's a thing that happened. That strongly gave me Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane vibes. Now that I think about it, but um, anyway, Superman and Lois, here's hoping that you guys get the series that you've always wanted. Cause I'm I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) No way. I mean, I Lois and Clark was a, a good series overall. It had a lot of fun. So as long as they sort of maybe draw off that sort of same vibe, then uh, and you know just do a kind of an updated version of that, I I'd be cool, cool with, with that. that too. Yeah. As I've come to realize over the years, I can just go back and watch Superman the Animated Series over uh, and over again, and yeah, that works perfectly fine for me. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with this. I'm sure I'll check this out because I I like uh, Tyler Hoken as Superman and stuff. So yeah. like I'm on board, but. Like those CW shows do very little for me anymore. Like I even tried watching Supergirl a couple of days ago, and I was just like, "I no, I'm I'm done." Like this, <laughs> yeah. No. So. Fair enough. And then the only other sort of major thing that I saw this week was some test footage from that like long in development Star Wars TV series that was had sort of a working title of Star Wars Underworld, basically materialized on the internet right now. And you can go on YouTube and watch it. And it's about 10 minutes long and actually like it's pretty interesting. I mean, there's not like any recognizable characters or in it really. Uh, and the fir- there's like five minutes of footage and then like a five minute making of i'm not even sure where this came from like who posted it on youtube it's yeah it's hollow net i don't fucking know yeah did you guys see this or watch any of it or? i didn't even hear about it but those those no. things always feel like the the company is trying a test run to like see what to garner yeah. interest to see if it'll go viral or whatever so like but if we get like a yeah. star wars underworld series focusing like all the, on criminals, like just criminals. I'd yeah. be super happy about that. That would be cool. That's a mafia show that I would care about. Yeah, the the test footage looks like it. It's set in like very much like Blade Runnery kind of city, like very dense, like very neon bright kind of you know, but on like the street level where it's all like dirty and and unwashed kind mm-hmm. of thing. And yeah, so I don't know. This footage was apparently shot in like 2010, so I don't know that this is them trying to like revitalize it or whatever. But I don't know. Just it's weird that, and I'm I'm similar. When this this came out, like fucking almost a week ago at this point, and I hadn't heard anything about it until I started like looking for news this week, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, normally the internet would be all about this, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Just went quiet this time. Yeah. 
But that was pretty much everything that I could find, unless you guys had anything to add. Uh, I don't even think there's much video game news. No. I, I should have checked Kotaku while we were sitting there talking. But uh. Yeah, <laughs> there isn't much in video game news or anything. Maybe we're missing something. There's more like stuff about the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp drama, which we've talked about on the podcast before, where she like he had her on record like yeah, that abusing was really him too it was like yeah. it's really fucked up so like hey maybe we uh judged johnny depp too quickly and harshly and made a mistake because like the stuff that she said to him and like the stuff that she's done to him apparent according to these recordings is real fucked up man no one will ever believe you're a victim johnny is the the most recent quote holy shit there's oh, a lot geez. going on so like yeah, there's some wacky shit going yeah, on. Yeah, so, so maybe Amber Heard is a piece yeah. of a fucking abusive piece of garbage and uh we we might have made a mistake there. And uh, you know. Well I think both of them basically said at various times like our relationship was very heated and really like really pretty toxic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So well, yeah, it's not that surprising in the end. Throw them both in the trash can. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> whatever. Maybe they deserved each other. Or maybe. What? Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I got nothing. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Did, did we talk about Sam Raimi has been in talks for doing Doctor Strange too? That was kind yeah, of a thing. I didn't see yeah, that. but I don't want to say anything because it was like in talks. But yeah, because uh, Scott Derenick is no longer attached to Doctor Strange two now. Apparently, they're sort of trying to tap Sam Raimi, which I think would be cool because you know it's supposed to be more of a horror bend, and that's mm-hmm. obviously Raimi's roots. But I don't know if that's actually going to happen but that is actually announced you'll be sure to, sure to hear it from for us for sure yeah, absolutely yeah i see nothing this is like the slowest news week i've ever seen it was real slow yeah so all right well then we can move on to our geek of the week geek of the week which is the segment where each of us uh shares the nerdiest thing we've done in the past week or so let's go to mark first who's being kind of quiet over there geek of the week my star trek prints are licensed so they will be online in the next couple weeks congratulations nice yeah so that's all kind of cool and stuff so that cbs that had to do that or paramount yeah well i I went i went through redbubble.com like that the site there but Mm -hmm. that that stuff they have an active license with cbs for fan art stuff and i sent it in and got stuff back so we're it's all being sorted out so the next couple weeks nice. those things that are they've been on instagram and they were on my facebook story if you saw those i'll have to post them on the dance robot dance site now because they're finished basically mm-hmm. um the guys have seen the finished colored versions and that's my geek of the week was just fucking painting those down was yeah. drawing like coloring those down took most of this week or the last two weeks really kind of so and now i'm trying to get my my batman 89 pieces painted down too to get those printed this week for my little show so that's like that's literally all i've done for like a week now aside from like regular like sleep sometimes not (laughs) often occasional yeah a couple hours a night try to anyway yeah so yeah but yeah it's been fun and those prints i'm very happy with them right now so give me a couple weeks i won't be anymore but right now i'm like hey they look really good so share them before you're not happy with them anymore oh no, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, i think they're still up i think i might have put them back up on instagram today but uh yeah. so go follow me there and whatever I'll, I'll throw them up again this week and so that are on the dance robot dance page and people can actually see them there but yes. yeah and also come to the show on the 22nd in st Catharines if you're around so indeed Cool. Paul, how about you? My gotcha game obsession, Pokemon Masters. They, I've been really busy doing stuff. 
I have like a certain number of personal training appointments that I have to get done. I'm like moving. I'm getting my stuff ready for the end of the the school year and all that. So I don't really have a lot of time for like sitting down and like playing video games. So Pokemon Masters, like one gaming session can take a couple minutes. So I've been playing a lot of that. And in spite of the limited time that I've had, I've still managed to max out all 80 of my characters, which takes a long time that I did it anyway, because I can do that like in between lifting sets and stuff so it's been like and that that's just like a mobile game yeah it's right? just a mobile game it's like they're kind of their okay. second most popular mobile game after pokemon go mm. so they've been doing a, like making a lot of improvements to it i've been really excited for all different battle modes that they've introduced but like yeah now i have every single character that i currently have maxed out and I can finally like take a breather from it. But that was my geek of the week was getting everyone up to level 120 or so. So there you go. I, <laughs> me and Pokemon. I man. totally, I barely heard any of what he said. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't understand <laughs> any of that. Yeah. It was Pokemon, Pokemon. Yeah. I was like, yeah, just gibberish. It was almost like uh, Peanuts adult. I don't know. One day, like halfway through my rants about Pokemon, I'm going to start doing that and see if you guys notice because. <laughs> was like, wow, that's awesome, Paul. That's super cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds like so much fun. Yeah. I, was, I heard Paul go to a Pokemon rant and like, I couldn't help but just like leave my body <laughs> for a <black laughs> yeah. Like, oh, so this is this is what astral projection feels like. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I could, I could leave my body. I dissociated. I, I'm glad that you guys can achieve inner peace as a result of my obsession yeah, with a, a children's oh. franchise. So there you go. You know, it benefits us both. Uh, us yeah, it's about the yeah. only time that I have, like, mental peace these days. So <laughs> thank you, Paul. That's, that's actually very true, oddly <laughs> enough. So. You're very welcome. You know, yeah. it, it might be a, a trigger to, for your own mental survival, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, my Geek of the Week this week, uh, which you guys will probably tune out over because it's something I'm only sort of interested in. Uh, I was in Chicago for work this week. And as past listeners will know, uh, Chicago is home to one of my favorite tiki bars and cocktail bars in general, Three Dots and a Dash. So I got to go there and uh, they actually have or have for a while now have had this sort of sort of separate lounge area that's a little quieter where they have like premium drinks that are made with like more like aged cast rums and stuff like that called the Bamboo Room. And it's not usually open on weeknights, but this time I went and it was fucking open and there was almost nobody in there when I got there. So I got to go in there and like just fucking relax, read a magazine, and just had like four drinks and they were fucking even better than the drinks that they make in their main room and at one point a couple of other like bartenders from chicago sat down beside me and started ordering drinks and then the uh, head bartender, his name is Kevin Beery, came up and started like chatting them up and pouring them like some of his like, you know, special bottles of rum and stuff that he had behind the bar, you know, just like little these little tasting pours. And, you know, I wasn't there with anybody else. So I sort of sort of started chatting him up as well and telling him like how much I love his place. And then he started including me in some of these little pours. So like I got to share and uh, in some of these like pour or pours of like old, you know, fucking like 12, 15 year old delicious aged rums and sort of nerd out with a, you know, a real fucking expert in the cocktail, you know, world and tiki world. So that was a lot of fun cool. for me. That's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. We love free so, booze uh, if we're drinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that was a cool experience. So with that, we can move on to our... Oh, meat of the episode. I don't know where I was for a second there. I, I must have dissociated too. Meat of the episode. Number 32 with extra chili meat. Nice. <laughs> wow. I think this might be like the fastest I can recall that we have ever gotten to the meat of the episode. So, Oh, good for us. You guys are going to be in the end store for a nice little bite-sized episode this week. This week we are talking about Birds of Prey, our first sort of, you know, big budget comic book movie of 2020. Mm-hmm. So the Margot Robbie led vehicle, well, the full title... Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, directed by Kathy Ann, who is Chinese-American director. And this is actually only her second feature film and her first ever time doing like a sort of big budget genre movie like this. And then obviously starring Margot Robbie and Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh, Journey Smollett-Bell. Is that her Mm -hmm. full name? And Rosie Perez and uh, Ewan McGregor, all the big names uh, in this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do my own sort of really quick synopsis for any of our listeners that may not be interested in seeing this or uh, are, you know, RK, this is totally going to be fucking spoilery reviews. So spoiler alert ahead of time. But if, you know, you're okay with being spoiled, then the general synopsis of Birds of Prey slash Harley Quinn is... Harley breaks up with the Joker, and since she's no longer under his protection, basically everyone with a fucking bone to pick with her is out to get her. Black Mask and his crony Victor Zaz are out to get a diamond that formerly belonged to the Bertinelli family that will unlock their family fortune because it's got fucking codes encoded into its atomic structure and sure yeah that hurt my brain uh <laughs> the, the huntress the huntress who is uh, helena bertinelli who is the child of the murdered bertinelli family is on a mission of revenge vengeance against the mob that killed her family we've got the black canary who is a is black masks club singer at his at his club and then later his driver but ends up being an informant for renee montoya a hard-nosed police detective that's building a case against black mask whose real name is roman Sionis. and basically all of these characters together are trying to find cassandra kane who stole this diamond because she's a little like street urchin pickpocket fucking orphan annie type and then ultimately all of these women have to end up working together against black mask and his army of hired mercenaries to save cassandra kane is that who those guys were i thought it was slipknot shit (laughs) (laughs) they were wearing masks it's this thing right (laughs) i think i misunderstood this movie (laughs) (laughs) i mean maybe some of them that that, i think there are that many guys in slipknot though there are (laughs) that's why i I think there is like 50 60 dudes in slipknot so yeah that's why i got super confused i was like oh (laughs) it's slipknot and black mask that's interesting yeah no wonder they were able to beat the shit out of them so easily Mm -hmm. it makes sense (laughs) so let's just go ahead with our sort of overall impressions of the movie paula Let's go to you first. I had fun with this movie. I think that I'm probably among the three of us, like the biggest Birds of Prey comic book fan because I've like read pretty much every issue and I'm like a big like Gail Simone, Gail Simone fan. Ugh. Yeah. All the time. And, <laughs> and now 
I there was some like some weirdness about it, like some inconsistency with the characters that like within mm-hmm. the, this particular iteration. I'm not saying like inconsistent with the comic books. I'm not worried about that anymore with the DC universe, especially like they don't have to <laughs> be like their comic book counterparts, especially Dinah. Like we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but like. Uh, overall, I had a lot of fun. It was just like, it didn't change my life in any way, but I would probably watch it again. Okay. I'd watch it again. I am terrified to watch it again because that's usually <laughs> when I hate a movie because right now I'm in exactly the same boat as you. I'm like, I had a good time with it. Margot Robbie is amazing. It mm-hmm. should never have been called Birds of Prey. It is yeah. clearly just <laughs> Harley Quinn, the movie, yeah, yeah, with some Birds of Prey people. With, kind with of, a backdoor pilot of Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. Or really, like, what I was really getting early on was Harley Quinn and Two Smoking Barrels. Like, it just felt like they were making a Guy Ritchie movie. And I was like, I was kind of cool with that at that point. Yeah. So it goes a little off the rails from there. But it does kind of start to feel, it feels a little bit like a Guy Ritchie movie in spots. So yeah. I was like, or an old good Guy Ritchie movie, not like King Arthur, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <there laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm sort of in the same boat. Uh, it was a total fucking chaotic romp, and that was just what I was hoping for out of yeah. like a Harley Quinn focused movie. Uh, I literally wrote bonkers in all caps at the mm-hmm. end of my at my notes that I wrote down. Mm-hmm. I did have some qualms with it. Plot was a little thin. I also had some issues with a couple of the characterizations, but overall, it was just a fucking fun set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Nice. First, before we sort of get into stuff that we liked about the movie, that kind of thing, there are a couple of questions I want to ask you guys. One, and this is almost more for myself than for you guys, what viewing format did you guys see this movie in? Uh, 2D, just okay. regular 2D. Mark, uh, how are you? Are they showing it in 3D? I didn't get it. I didn't see no, any 3D shows. They're not showing in 3D, but I saw it in 4DX, which I guess oh. for you might be like D-Box. Uh, yes. Or, or something similar. So... The theater that I've been going to for years here in Atlanta just recently added a 4DX theater. Oh, yeah. no, we, we got 4DX at Cineplex. In the, the big one in Oakville now has, like, the really fancy 4DX, like, with the, the smell and fucking temperature yeah. shit, like mm-hmm. that stuff. That's yeah. we, can, we can go do that when you guys get home in Oakville now. Like that's, well, see, that's I... Yeah, I hadn't done that before, and like when I saw they were offering it, I was like, "This is the fucking perfect movie for me to try that out on." Yeah. Like you know, I don't, I'm not going to want to do that on like a serious, like you know, on one of the like more serious MCU movies or something like that, or like a Bond movie or even a Star Wars movie. I would this totally was do like, Star Wars. Star Wars were like yeah. where, where I feel like those D box movies are like the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, using those seats, I love Star Wars in those seats because it feels yeah. like because those movies are basically rides. That's why I like that. At that yeah. point, um, there's been a couple times where I've used it and it makes me fucking nauseous because it gets really subtle. <laughs> I think we talked yeah. about it. X-Men Apocalypse, I believe I saw in one of those things and it rocks you gently back and forth. Yeah. And I was like, I'm getting fucking vertigo. It was the weirdest <laughs> experience of my life. So um, yeah, for anybody that's not familiar with uh, with the 40X brand or experience or whatever, the seats like vibrate and like move sway and shit like that. There's little air bursts that like shoot out like past your neck and past your legs. Mm-hmm. For instance, if there's like gunfire or some shit like that, uh, there's smoke like fog effects in the feature. There's like wind effects, strobe lights flashing. If there's like lightning or like, you know, flashing lights or whatever, bubbles, fucking yeah. water. Water sprays, yeah, water sprays, like, yeah. the seats, like, fucking punch you in the back or shit, like, if there's a fight, like, you'll feel, like, yeah. the, you'll feel yourself getting, like, you know, an impact against your back and shit, so... It was a bit disorienting at times, but that basically fit with the tone of this fucking movie, because mm-hmm. the movie in itself was 
definitely chaotic and disorienting sometimes on purpose you know and i'm not saying that to the detriment of the movie so uh yeah so that was my first experience with with 40x the other thing i want to ask and paul you already talked about this a little bit was what your history is with this group of characters both like harley quinn and with the birds of prey so mark how about you since paul already said a little bit then we can go back to paul well i'm probably the guy who introduced birds of prey to paul because i was picking it up based on like wizard i think was where we started picking it up mm-hmm. right i think about that yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't there so, like a wizard one half uh issue of there birds was, of yeah. which is i think probably where i kind of picked up on it or something like that I, I was a batman reader at the time right so like any tangential bat books i would at least check out when they were premiering them and mm-hmm. birds of prey caught my eye because i like the oracle character and black canary I think it was Black Canary at the beginning. Yeah, it was. Right? Yeah, Black Canary Huntress and yeah. Oracle were the first three, and that was the majority of that series. It seemed interesting to at least pick up the first couple issues for, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that's when I got Paul hooked on it, and I had to, at that point, add it to my pull list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was picking it up based on Paul's thing, and then, uh, so I read it for a long time, and then obviously my Batman, like, I'm a Batman guy, so Harley Quinn, like, I watched her in the animated series, and I've read some of the comics here and there, like, I read her introduction into the mainline DCU and all that kind of stuff just to know how they were doing that and how completely straight they transferred her origin right across from the animated series to the comic is just telling you how good that fucking animated series still is yeah. kind of to this day. So yeah, I, I, I'm very familiar with all these characters. The one I'm least familiar with is Black Mask because like he's one of those guys that doesn't like show up. He's a C-list big... Batman villain. Yeah, he's a super C-list Batman right. villain. He doesn't show up very often. So I was like... I don't know as much about him as if they had picked like Cobblepot or something like that. I'd have been a little bit more, oh, this is more grounded in my Gotham. This is, mm-hmm. this feels very nouveau Gotham to me, I guess. Yeah. Kind of thing. You know, Harley Quinn's kind of an anti hero now, and like Black Mask is around. I'm like, this is a little bit, this is up to date, like New 52 Gotham, I guess. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Paul, how about you? I read the entire volume one run of Birds of Prey, which lasted for like 10 years, you know, like I, I was, yeah, I was 117 issues, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So I was like in it, you know, I really, really loved the characters. I loved the dynamic, like the foundational building blocks are the relationship between Babs and Dinah. And it was like one of my favorite comic book friendships ever period. Like their partnership was just like so cool to see develop like for the first bunch of issues like they don't even see each other they don't meet each other until someone starts trying to hunt oracle down and dinah has to save her and stuff although right it's just like uh oracle sort of directing things from behind the scenes yeah exactly like like a charlie's angels kind of thing yeah and she's uh she gives dinah her marching orders and then dinah does the thing because that's what dinah does so like yeah it was really uh, i just Love the the dynamic of this book, and I love the rotating characters. Like it was generally Gail Simone's way of featuring all of her favorite female characters <laughs> in the books. And Ted Cord, and Ted all Cord, the time. yeah, <laughs> we, we love Ted Cord, and like we I do love Ted Cord. But like when uh, they introduced a lot of regular characters into the group, like Lady Blackhawk coming in was awesome. Misfit was always a good time as well. It grew into its own thing and so i never actually read volume two or volume three but that first run of the gail simone i guess jeff john started it and then gail simone uh took off running oh it was um 
was Chuck Dixon. It was Chuck, I think, it was right? Chuck. It was Dixon. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was. Yeah, it was Chuck Dixon. Yeah. Sorry, it, it's bat. It's that's like '90s Batman stuff, right? So, yeah, yeah. Chuck yeah. Dixon. There were other. Yeah, he's always got his got his dick in there somewhere. Yeah. There, oh fuck. <laughs> First issue of Robin, you know, like he's the one who launched that book too. So yeah, Chuck Dixon, yeah. Terry Moore wrote for it for a little while. Sean McKeever took over after Gail Simone, and yeah, but Gail Simone's run is like pinnacle of like comics for me. I just love it. Still gets props these days yeah. for sure, as well it should. Yeah. I dearly love all of these characters, so I had a lot invested in them going in, but I had to really scale back my expectations because of that because i was like you know what given dc's track record with stuff in general i just <laughs> can't expect you know i can't expect the dinah that i know i can't expect the helena that i know just gotta like let all of that go and go in fresh i guess yeah so i definitely saw yeah. that came in going going in like this is gonna be a harley quinn margot robbie movie and i already like her so I'm just going to go with that. That's That was my yeah. guiding star. So I'm at a bit of a disadvantage then because I, well, may, maybe an advantage in the situation of this movie because I only read a very little bit of that 90s, 2000s Birds of Prey, Gail Simone series, uh-huh. mainly because I wasn't really reading the Bat books back then. I was mostly reading like Superman, a little like some Green Lantern, some JSA, that kind of thing. I hadn't really gone like, oh my God, I'm going to read everything DC at that point. But I have read all of the Birds of Prey and related titles since basically like 2010. So there has been like a Birds of Prey book since then. There's been a Batgirl in the Birds of Prey book. There's been a couple of Black Canary solo books since then. Uh, there have been like a couple miniseries involving like The Question. So that's Renee Montoya who shows up in this movie. Yeah. Maybe. Well, not, uh, yeah. not really the same. Exactly. Not, yeah, not, yeah, not yet. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and and also Huntress. So like I'm I'm pretty familiar with the more recent versions of these characters, which is where a lot of the influence is being drawn in this movie. Um, in terms of Harley Quinn, uh, I have read pretty much all of the post Joker kind of Harley Quinn, like when starting around like Gotham City Sirens in the late 2000s, and then like the New 52 version, and then the uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti like solo series. Uh, that's part of DC Rebirth, which is is like that's really heavily where Margot Robbie's characterization of uh, Harley Quinn is pulled from for these movies. Okay, I was trying to figure out because I haven't read any of like anything post New Fifty Two. I'm like I'm not that super involved with anymore. So yeah. like it, unless it's very directly like just Batman or Detective Comics kind of thing. Um, like I don't even read Nightwing or whatever anymore. So yeah, like that this version of the character that's where I'm kind of weakest. Where I'm like I don't I don't have the time to read Harley Quinn's five hundred books. It's like yeah, <laughs> Deadpool. At this point, there's just too much. I can't. There's no time. So yeah, <laughs> and you never know. Like the quality kind of mm-hmm. vacillates from book to book. And since there's so many of them all the time, I'm never sure what I'm getting. So I find yeah. that I do find like her character saturation at Wolverine levels at this point. It is. There's there's like three. There's like two or three different. Like well, I've got one right here. There's like this joker harley criminal sanity book out right now that's like one of their big black label books there's there's been two different black label books like this over the past like six months or something like that featuring harley and i know i snagged one based solely on the art because i knew the illustrator which one was that oh jesus i had to look was it criminal sanity or was it harleen stefan uh yeah Skeptic or whatever his name is. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I was pretty happy with that overall. And the, the art was phenomenal. Yeah, I didn't mind the first issue. I just bought. I grabbed it based on his art because he is yeah. 
fucking next yeah. level. So he's real good. I like his stuff yeah. a lot. So I can't say that I really recommend this Joker Harley Criminal Sanity one too much, but I I, I, I really when I picked this up all <laughs> based solely on the fact that I knew I know the artist, so I was like, yeah, I should probably grab that yeah. for him. So there you go. But actually, like it slowed down a little bit. There was a period where there was like there was a like main Harley Quinn book. There was like a offshoot like Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys and like yeah there was a period where there were like three ongoing books I'm finding it and- very interesting how long we're taking to actually just talk about the movie you know, like, it's like we don't want to talk about it or we have nothing to say about what? it <laughs> uh, well we can get into it then uh, what did you guys what did you guys uh, like about the movie I'll start I guess um, I liked <laughs> I liked um, most of it to be honest I thought that the characters might not have been particularly consistent with the comic books and I, again I was not worried about that but like all the characters had pretty solid motivations and they the, yeah so it was madcap fun I loved the fight choreography like the fight choreography particularly with Harley and her bat yeah. was really fun to watch like it was just fun yeah. to watch them wail on everybody yeah. and that uh, it was just like it really was it's a yeah. it's John it's John Wick guy right like the guy oh uh, is it is it Chad Stal- Stalneck or something like that I believe his mm-hmm. name is he did this part he's the guy who directs the John Wick movies now and he's he was the fight yeah. choreographer on the Matrix also isn't that the guy that that's uh, fucking Keanu's yeah. stunt double or was yeah. Keanu's stunt double for years yeah he yeah. was Keanu's stunt double on yeah. the Matrix yeah. I believe um, yeah so yeah he's he's that guy now like that's what he does and the, I guess him and Margot Robbie are friends and the, he. Came in and did. I don't, I'm not going to say volunteered because I'm sure he got paid yeah. very like handsomely to do it. Um, yeah. But he came in and directed Oof. kind of the fight choreography was, stuff, and that's why very, it's like it was gorgeous. Top, I loved beautiful. it. Yeah, yeah. Best best part of the movie. It was man. best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful gore for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And like she like Harley Quinn hates knees. Like hates oh legs. God. Oh god. <laughs> fuck oh knees. my god. Jesus Christ. Holy fucking Christ. I was the like, one, oh my yeah. god. Oh, the Jesus, one with the fucking the, yeah, the one in the in the uh, evidence locker where the oh. where she fucking just like just shreds both oh. of the guy's legs like oh. multiple times. Like everybody oh. in the theater was just like, oh, oh, get, oh my god, they she yeah, did it like four going. times. Yeah, that one guy, that got one guy's leg who was bent in two extra spots. I was just like, Jelly. oh my god, I can't fucking, I can't. Yeah. Oh god, I want to die. <laughs> That looks so painful. It was so entertaining. <laughs> so and you yeah. know what? Even when the um it was kind of stupid, like her going into the police station with the with her fun with gun, her the fun confetti gun? cannon and the beanbags, I still enjoyed yeah. it. It was dumb as shit, but oh, I was yeah. like, wow, I'm like this is stylish and fun. And when she like emerges from the pink and blue smoke, I was just like, ooh. I like yeah. this. It's stylish. That's kind of totally felt like something Harley Quinn would have done for sure. exactly for her career. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'm totally on board with this. This is exactly what this character would do in this situation. She has to get yeah. into the police station. Yeah. She's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, she, that's, that's her whole fucking thing is she's yeah. unpredictable, right? Like you never yeah. know what the fuck she's going to do because she probably doesn't know what she's going to do until three minutes before she does right. it. Yeah. If that. And so yeah. like her, yeah, her fights in particular were so much fun to watch. Like, they're the gymnastic elements to it because that's always been part of her characterization yeah. like the the fact that like the you know that she's just unpredictable as hell and the fucking it was real heavy on the bludgeoning yeah. oh god <laughs> it was so oh god so much bludgeoning hammers yeah. and baseball bats oh my oh my yeah 
There were no thrown pies, though. I was surprised. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I found that the other characters all had, like, sort of their own distinctive fighting styles, yeah. too. Like, like Canary was very much, like, high kicks and shit like yeah. that. And then Huntress was a lot more, like, projectiles. Wait, and who are you then... talking about? <laughs> Black Canary. Oh, crossbow girl! I saw uh, that's no, what Huntress. Huntress, crossbow yeah. girl. Yeah, the crossbow yeah. killer. The <laughs> crossbow was, killer. Crossbow killer. That's what it was. Crossbow yeah. killer. That's what it was. <laughs> Damn it! And then even even Montoya had like a you know her own like sort of scrappy like fucking street. Yeah, street she was a brawler kind of yeah, style. Yeah, I like that. I yeah, like exactly. She was boxing. Yeah, in a couple spots. Yeah. So yeah. No, I like yeah. I like that too. They had really good attention to detail for the action scenes overall. Like there was just madcap insanity. Like having the the final big fight in the funhouse, and then. Mm-hmm. Like the former hideout, the, yeah, and then having uh, Harley Quinn skitching on roller skates for the f- <laughs> it was just every every. <laughs> and I love that they hang a lamp, hung a lampshade on that too. It was like, when did she have time for a shoe change? Yeah, yeah that was like because <laughs> if they hadn't, I would have been like, that's fucking ridiculous. But because yeah. they pointed it out, I'm like, all right, I'm good. Yeah, with it. and it doesn't have to make sense <laughs> because it's Harley Quinn, and I love that they lean into like the meta comic yeah. aspect of it. It's just like, does Car- Harley Quinn ever make sense? No. No, she does not. Well, I was actually going to ask, like, I know, I know, and I've probably said this before, but like, when did they completely turn Harley Quinn into, so I guess it was the, uh, the Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Palmer run where they just completely turned Harley Quinn into Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of like fourth wall breaking and shit like that. Okay. And that, yeah. And a lot of, a lot of that meta, meta kind of humor and that kind of thing. Yeah. When it really got into like her interacting with people, I was like, oh, she's just, this is just kind of Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. It's entertaining in its own way like it's a different kind of take on it but it's still it's like oh it kind of works the same way yeah. cool all right cool i understand yeah she's just kind of <laughs> like the like the force of nature that kind of like she draws everyone into her orbit and then yeah, yeah. and i don't know that's fine Which, that's and that's totally like for that kind of character that's exactly what you need yeah. to do so that works perfectly and if she's the dc comics version of deadpool then yeah yeah and there you go one of the most relatable moments when her egg sandwich falls on the ground Oh god! <laughs> I was I felt that in my bones. They played it up. So, I was so yeah. hungry when I was watching yeah. that too. Like just I was so yeah. hungry. There were people in my theater that like like audibly gasped when that <laughs> yeah, happened. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> I have had that moment where like my my perfectly crafted breakfast sandwich has fallen on the ground like <laughs> like cheese first um, because I like I was clumsy <laughs> and whatnot and so like that like her sadness was my sadness. Can you not tell me this just before you move into my place? <laughs> you're gonna just destroy it. <laughs> yeah, it's just plastic cheese melted into the carpet. Yeah, I cleaned it up. God damn it! <laughs> I know. I always I always forget what living with Paul's like because he is he is kind of clumsy with that kind of stuff and like i'm a good cook but i do have my moments where i'm like duh, duh, like nut. yeah all of a sudden oh, there's I, like there's on mr magoo peanut butter on the ceiling yeah, yeah basically i was like spaghetti i remember a spaghetti sauce all over the floor incident <laughs> one time then that's what that might have been right chilly now. might not have been i think i think you're thinking of that episode of the uh, office <laughs> nope, <laughs> <Yeah>. nope. <laughs> i i'm not kevin okay god damn it <laughs> <laughs> anyway birds of prey i'm lost now because i've never seen the office yeah. <laughs> birds of prey what else did i like about it all the character interactions were really fun particularly like when they were interacting specifically with harley quinn like they just like i like how hard to handle she was in general and people didn't really know what to do with her except for cassandra like her and cassandra their little relationship was real nice because they really get each other because Harley does have that kind of childish arrested development 
vibe and them watching Looney Tunes together while eating cereal was like yeah <laughs> relatable I got it you know it was good times yeah. and I was really happy that they didn't like there was lots of Joker talk but I didn't have to see Jared Leto's stupid face <laughs> that made me real happy yeah. And the only time they do show the Joker was in that like animated opening. And it's like basically sort of the like Brian Boland, like, you know, 90s comic version of the Joker. Yeah. yeah. Much better choice. Yeah. Much, much better choice. Oh, and Ewan McGregor was having a lot of fun. So I was oh, I yeah. like, yeah, oh, he totally was. He was having a blast. <laughs> and I was having a blast watching him having a blast, you know, like and Chris Messina as uh, Mr. Zaz. You know, I, I like Chris Messina on the Mindy Project and on Six Feet Under. So this is a big departure for him. And I think he did an OK job. It was fun kind of fun to watch too although it was like Mm. weirdly obsessed protective kind of gay but not quite kind of moment i don't know i think they were kind of like they were together right like that's i read it as them where they were a couple (laughs) kind of see that was my issue with those two is like i i've been like reading quite a bit about like the whole queer coding gay characters as as evil kind of thing yeah lately and I'm kind of that. So that really struck a nerve yeah. with me this time. I was like, did we really need another like flamboyant evil motherfucker? Kind Nothing of shorthands and, evil yeah. quite like the gay. Like, that's why I'm the yeah, evil exactly. one on the podcast, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'm the evil one. <laughs> right? Mark's confused. <laughs> well, the thing was, they, they, <laughs> that's always been my job. I don't understand what's happening now. <laughs> the, and the thing is, they had a great opportunity here to highlight some great great female like non-straight characters like renee montoya is gay as fuck in the comics they kind of confirmed harley quinn was in this movie too with the opening credits right so yeah but but i mean that's about it like you you know they could have leaned into more of of harley being you know non-straight as well and fucking renee montoya they could have just fucking given her a mention of being a gay character on the hero side of things and did they yeah, because Ali Wong, the DA, the ADA was her ex. Like they yeah, said, that's, that's but right. it was like so, like and you'll miss it kind of moment. But like they had like an ex lover's relationship, and they actually said like she's my ex. So I was oh, like, okay. okay. So they did mention that she was a lesbian. My chair was probably shaking when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how that 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 DA scene was really crazy, and yeah. <laughs> they're probably blowing blowing smoke in my face. I was gonna say you were getting sprayed yeah. in the face with water or something like that, yeah. for yeah. some reason. Yeah. <laughs> they were doing okay. Uh, the, okay. The the uh, was it the smell effect because Renee Montoya was smelling like trash at that point. So you were just yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> with their with their I didn't shave my balls for this t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's you know what? That's the that, that was like a weird sight gag that totally got me because I had to look for a second and be like, what does that fucking say on her shirt? Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I can't believe they did that. Like that's <laughs> I love that someone made that shirt. I just love that it exists in the world now. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I did. I was glad that they like had uh, Renee as an out lesbian and like was relevant to her characterization with uh, Ali Wong's character, but still just kind of like, well, who cares? We got to get shit done, kind of thing. Like, 
Yeah. And then she just yeah yeah I didn't I didn't read that because I must have just missed that like little throwaway that they were exes. Like I just thought that they were you know had this like fucking hostile working relationship kind of thing. Yeah, hostile working relationship because they boned because they boned down. (laughs) And Renee Montoya being a tough as nails cop is going to fuck up all her relationships because that's what people who care about their jobs do. In and at least they hang ahead on that trope, right? Like (laughs) in Harley's narration, she's like, and of course you know the cop never does anything good until after they've already you know been after suspended. they've been suspended yeah 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 good stuff <laughs> so, yeah nice. mm, what else did i like i liked huntress's flashback scenes that those were fun mm-hmm. and yeah and cassandra kane in general so that 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 is pretty much my list of things i enjoyed I think it's nice. the, yeah <sighs> So for me, fucking Margot Robbie drove this movie all the way to the bank for me. Like she was the best part of it by far. Her performance was fucking fantastic. I mean, I had faith in it because she was the best part of Suicide Squad by far. Mm -hmm. Um, But she like, I think it was, she even grew on that here. Like she played a multidimensional version of Harley. She was badass. She was fucking chaotic. She was sympathetic. She was as real as like an insane clown character can be. Uh, she's vulnerable. Like, you know, her emotion felt real. And then like, she had a pretty solid character arc overall as well. Like it was so like, I love the post Joker sort of version of Harley where she's like, I don't need him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, she's like, well, maybe I do, you know, maybe tem- tempted back kind of thing. But I love that they made this movie so much about her kind of finding her way without the Joker ultimately coming to the acceptance that she can get along without him. That kind of thing was, mm-hmm. was really great. Yeah, that was, it was a really like well-planned solid arc. And like, it, and mm-hmm. I was surprised at how much it hurt when doc betrayed her. Mm-hmm. I was like, actually like, why is this affecting me so much? And it's like, cause she, in the early in the movie, she gets passed around from dude to dude and they're all like victimizing her and treating her like shit. And there's, it seems like there's this one guy who's not going to treat her yeah, like garbage. And then yeah. he sells her out. I was like, damn girl cannot catch a break. Like no wonder. Yeah. No wonder she is the way she is kind of thing, I guess, except for the whole like jumping into a vat of chemicals. But okay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I also really like that they played up her psychiatric background in this, like that she you got to see glimpses of her using her psychiatry background to like get into the heads of both her foes and her colleagues like she fucking like psychoanalyzed roman and that was one of the things that sort of helped her you know get out of that situation mm-hmm. and i always love it when they play into that little those bits and pieces with that with the harley character too i agree because it's so jarring you you're like oh yeah she's like a, a phd she's got a fucking PhD. yeah <laughs> she's a professional and she she yeah. uses it well like when she finds out cassandra's lying based on her behavior and stuff like that i was like mm-hmm. oh like she's like idiot savant thing because she's such a wild character i really enjoyed that too yeah good call yeah and then her narration overall like they could have gone sort of super crazy with the visuals and made it more from her perspective but they i mean they still did to some extent but they restrained that back and then but you got to see her point of view through like her skewed fucking crazy point of view through the narration and like kind of her really frenetic thought process and everything through her, her voiceover rather than like, you know, them being like, Hey, you know, you can't trust anything you're seeing, but you know, which I, I appreciated that narration really worked for me overall. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy that they gave her, her hyena. 
I was so happy. Yes, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. Named after, I'm gonna name her after that hunky billionaire or whatever she said. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah so yeah. is that a, is that a Robert Pattinson shaped one or a Ben Affleck shaped <laughs> one though? Is the question. He's pretty chunky. I think is I think it's probably a bat flat version. Bat flat yeah. version. Yeah, yeah chunky, chunk, chunky bat. Bat yeah. was the bomb, yo. Yeah, <laughs> phantoms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see what else i thought it was directed pretty well especially considering this was kathy ann's like first attempt at a like big budget genre movie at all yeah it had production jank, design but yeah 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 it, it did yeah it wasn't wasn't seamless but there was a couple like weird cuts that i noticed like where like the transition happened very awkwardly like mm. i don't know the one I, I can think of was where like oh fuck what was it oh there's an explosion outside and Montoya's like what happened and then they run out the door and the next scene is them kind of like walking into the driving an explosion happened, yeah. but it's like they're just getting out of their cars and it's it it's too tight like they, it's like there's no i don't know there needed to be a shot of them driving or something or there between. needed to be like a cutaway to them doing something else because that cut feels super jarringly weird to me it's like they just walked out into the explosion more than anything i was like at first yeah, i was yeah. like did they wait did the explosion happen right up the street from where they were and like they just that happened to me and, too yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there was a couple of those too where I was like, "Ah, oh, shit, what's going on?" Oh, oh, okay. It's just a weird cut. That's yeah, a weird, edit. weird edit or something. Yeah. Yeah. So because it felt like it was like a chunk of the movie had been just excised, and they yeah, yeah. they seemed it together improperly, but it I don't know. Because all of a sudden I was like, "How did the other cops get there?" That's what my thing was. I think like what mm. clued me in that things were weird was that the cops had already gotten there, and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck's going on?" Like, there was there a cut, and then I was like, "Oh, wait, they're getting out of their car." Now I'm confused. I went through almost that exact same process, okay. like as you did. Like right. so, yeah. I think that that was yeah something real, not something that you imagined or anything. All right. Okay. Cool. Because like <laughs> that happened once, and there was a couple near the end where like during the fight sequence, they it was like things were just getting really like was like where the fuck did they come from? They weren't even close to them. Ah. Like <laughs> a lot of the editing tracking was kind of off to me anyway. So yeah, and I guess she's crazy, so it makes sense narratively. But like, whew. Yeah, for a jarring watching experience. Uh, You've got to have a balance to that. Yeah, you, know, you still got to be able to have it be followed along yeah. and everything. Yeah, I, the production design I thought was great overall. It was, I think, just sort of the right level of kind of stylized. Yeah, um, and generally, like it suited Harley in particular perfectly. Yeah. It's because it, they're in Gotham, right? Like, I, it felt like a weird, like a new kind of take on Gotham. Finally, like it felt like a real city, but just like elevated yeah. Yeah. kind of thing. Like it almost felt like the Arkham Knight constantly. <laughs> yeah, like it almost felt like the Arkham Knight version of Gotham kind of thing. Like where there's act, there might actually be a real city kind of yeah. out there. Gotham in daylight, yeah, so. Gotham with color, Gotham like yeah, that was yeah. crazy. Gotham in daylight. I was like, holy shit, I haven't seen that in like my entire yeah. life. I don't, does that exist? I, is there ever daylight <laughs> right. in Gotham? That was weird. No, it's always yeah. raining in Gotham. So. Well, I was going to say, I thought it was like, it's the ta- it's like the town in Seven, right? Where it's just constantly pouring yeah. during the day and then at night it might clear up, but it's dark, so it yeah. doesn't matter. So. No, I liked the, yeah. like, um, the outdoor daytime stuff. It felt a little bit I don't know how, how I would describe it, but like or very early 2000s in film wise, like Charlie's Angels or something like that. But well made, not like <laughs> like it's not like Charlie's Angels, the, sh- the Cameron Diaz garbage. But like um, the uh, <laughs> her running through the oh, market. So like the, one that, the one that just came out. You're trying to compare uh, it to? Well, OK, like in terms of quality, just ignore that <laughs> reference altogether. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was like bright and cheery and fun and but still like action-packed and like because there was like the contrast with the brutal violence going on like people getting hit with cars but in broad daylight with like a lot of action yeah it was a guy Ritchie movie it was a guy Ritchie movie it was fun it was a ride ride. (laughs) 
Let's see. We haven't really talked too much about... I mean, we talked a lot about Harley. Um, we talked a little bit about Renee Montoya. I mean, Rosie Prez was fine. I mean, I, I didn't have really high expectations for her overall, but I was happy yeah. enough with her. Uh, I kind of wish that they'd gotten her into the question mask or, or like that sort of... At least the suit. Yeah, that, that really uh, iconic, like, long blue coat and yeah, yeah trench coat and like and hat kind of thing would have been nice but eh, maybe maybe we get that in the birds of prey sequel that's inevitably going to be shopped yeah. around yeah and that will never get made probably because margot robbie's not going to be attached or she may produce it something like that yeah, yeah then that's, that's possible true. i guess that's that's also possible i mean margot robbie was a huge part of the reason that this movie got made yeah. at all yeah, uh absolutely. so yeah yeah she's a little dynamo these days eh? like just killing it up there so mm-hmm. yeah yeah what was your feelings on the this version of Black Canary? Uh, this is where I come into my gripes. Okay. <laughs> so there were parts of the movie where it felt like Dinah, because Dinah has a really good sense of humor in the comic books, and she's like usually taking the piss out of Babs when they're going on missions and stuff. Like they they have a good dynamic. And so near the end, when she's like um, teasing Huntress, I was like, there she is. That's the mm-hmm. Dinah I know. I know like they're getting into her tragic backstory and stuff, and like she needs to transition into the fun times because she's like in a bad place. But she was kind of like, too humorless and Huntress was already like that character because she's got such a serious backstory and it was like they played Black Canary's tragic backstory too straight for this film near the beginning I still liked her don't get me wrong but it was just kind of like she seemed almost at the beginning like she was in a different movie while this movie was getting up off the ground which took a while but then once they all finally got together and she could show a little bit more a few more aspects of her personality I was like okay I like this Black Canary end of movie Black Canary I'll take early movie Black Canary I was kind of like she's kind of cool She's almost too cool. Like she's got nothing. Doesn't have much going on. I don't know. So yeah, it's Black Canary has been a weird character in the time that I've been reading her because she's had multiple sort of origins and backstories. Like she was basically a like a spy for like they rewrote her origin. What was it? Team Seven or some book like that uh where she was like a fucking like super secret spy and then and then they sort of rebooted her into this more like almost young adulty kind of book where she was a musician she was like a a fucking rock star kind of thing and going around and like on the side like what when she was touring her band she would fucking go fight crime and shit Uh and so they've tried and then clearly here they're pulling a little bit more off of that where like she's, you know, the singer and everything. And that was, I don't know. It's not like I it, Black Canary has never had like a really I've never had a really good idea in my head of what that character should be kind of thing. Yeah, because I always I always kind of picture her in contrast to Green Arrow Oof. a lot. Like that's how yeah. she kind of picks up in my head where like she's. Yeah. Like it's it's her and Ollie all the time I too, right? Yeah. Like that was she's so much better when she's away from Green Arrow. Like that, just like they never let her be her own thing until she's away from Ollie because they're so intertwined in their romance, and so it's just like. Dinah is such a fun character in Birds of Prey. And I I remember reading the Black Canary Green Arrow series after Birds of Prey. That was like really, and she was relegated to a B character in a series that she was titled in. It was so frustrating. So what I always liked about her was that she was basically one of those legacy characters. Like she was the daughter of like the original Black Canary. And I hope that now that they've sort of, 
soft rebooted, you know, Doomsday Clock with Doomsday Clock to the uh, DC Universe, and they've brought back those older, uh, like World War II, you know, superheroes, yeah, JSA, JSA and everything, that maybe they might make her into a legacy character again, because I think that is kind of the best version of the character, because that's the version that was in, like, that Gail Simone run yeah. and everything. Like, mm-hmm. she was, you know, she was, that, that was always something that was kind of hanging over her head, was that she'd been trained by her parents, and had that that she f- always felt that she kind of needed to live up to yeah yeah and so. eventually she did and that was that played into the gail simone version a lot and like but yeah so this particular version of black canary like didn't if you guys can separate the two like beginning black canary and end black canary the gail simone black canary is very much the one where she's poking fun at huntress mm. that's her and that's the one i like and that was definitely the one that gave me more hope for her as a character and birds of prey as like their own movie potential because if they're like if Dinah's acting like uh, beginning of the movie with that huntress and that renee then there's no no fun to be had so yeah yeah part of the my thing with uh, black canary in this movie was that i was actively finding myself distracted with this thought in my head that like oh my god what if they don't make her a meta what if she's just like a fucking like scrappy fighter kind of thing? And that became like the predominant thing in my mind that I kept thinking every time that they were showing her on screen was like, is she going to fucking do it ever? Like, is she going to do a canary cry? And so like, I what, guess they, did you not, did you not watch the movie where she cracks the, yeah, but I mean, th- <laughs> that was a pretty ambiguous tease. I know. I thought I they were kind say. of hinting that she had the power at that point to the so i was like i I was pretty confident it was going to be like the finale bit they weren't going to let her just randomly use the canary cry constantly i knew it was going to be like oh she's going to pull it out right at the end and i was like spot on because it's exactly what they did where she got to use the canary cry and then keel over like she's never done it before so yeah like i i kept thinking that was going to be like more uh, like that you know the broken glass was just going to be maybe like a little nod or homage or something and then they were just going to have her be a you know fucking badass or whatever for whatever reason but it's still dceu i guess kind of so i was like they like there is supervillains and stuff in this world where that have powers and like superman exists and like yeah yeah. i I was this is the world that suicide squad happened in so like magic and shit happened i guess yeah yeah so but then when when they finally did you know when when she did let loose and actually do it like i was I got yeah. fucking chills when she canary cried all those fucking dudes. Yeah. Like that was that was one of my favorite moments of the movie. And then for boosted sure. Harley Quinn on her skates towards the car with the canary yeah. crash. That's yeah, it's so dumb, but I love <laughs> it. I just wish it hadn't been the same special effect that they used on the CW <laughs> show. Like that was kind of that was my only thing. I was like, this looked, it looked, looked pretty cheap. similar. Yeah, <laughs> it looked pretty like cheap and like exactly the same thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. I wish they'd done something different visually with that, but I guess like it sounds. So how do you do? A, all right, fair enough. I'll just I'm, I'll, I can walk away from this yeah. one, I guess. And I mean, I was glad that they at least showed like, okay, this is why she hasn't been doing it in every fight because when she does do it, it takes mm-hmm. a lot out of her. Yeah, she like basically passed yeah. out afterwards. So I was okay with it in the end, but I I was distracted by it through most of the movie. You know, and I was on those sort of will they, won't they? Yeah, they do take her character and they make a Birds of Prey movie. Like she can get more control. She could maybe train with Lady Shiva and like improve her her fighting ability and stuff like that. That would be fun. So like I am looking forward yeah. to like maybe taking this Dinah and running with it. You know, let's see. We haven't really talked about Huntress very much so far. I was pretty happy with Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. It 
it was fun having her as like that grim gritty like wannabe batman against these other sort of more like casual ground level kind of characters and the moment that fucking just got me so bad was the they call me and then Montoya goes, Helena Bertinelli. And she says, yeah. for fuck's sake. I, was, I like that they did. Yeah, they, they wouldn't that take her gag. seriously oh. at all. And I kind of love that. Kind of love it. Because she, in the Birds of Prey yeah. comic book, she was yeah. like very much still the super serious one out of the bunch. The for dour. sure. And she was definitely yeah. the like morally ambiguous one. She wanted to kill people. And Dinah and Babs were kind of like, hey, maybe don't kill people and stuff like i know you want to kill all the mafia (laughs) we get it but like chill out and uh yeah i like that that wasn't a problem in this movie because everybody was fucking killing motherfuckers in this movie (laughs) Uh, no i liked i liked that a lot i liked that she was they kind of played her up to be like the most efficient best fighter i liked her fighting style when that guy was like following them Mm -hmm. down the slide and she jumps up and like rides him down the slide while pummeling him i liked that scene a lot that was fun yeah yeah, yeah, fucking just stabbing him in the chest yeah. as they wrote, wrote him down. <laughs> and the, oh, fuck, that reminded me of the, the moment when they kill, was it? I think that was Zaz. And then uh, Harley, who's still like half paralyzed, is just like stabbing <laughs> him was, over and over with the needle. That was a, a lot of uncomfortable <laughs> laughter in the theater where I was watching. Like, they were, people were not sure what to do with that, but they, there was much laughter yeah. eventually. It was funny. For me overall, the, the, like, the humor worked for me for yeah. sure. You know, like, I have a little bit more of a, like, darker, you know, sort of, I, I'm okay with violent kind of black yeah. humor kind of thing. So this was right up my alley in terms of humor right from the start. Like the the animated opening, I thought set a great tone for the movie. I was like, okay, if they kind of stick to this yeah. tone, then, you know, I think that we're, we're in for, for yeah. a fun ride. And they were always really quick to hang a lampshade on like the tropes and like characters that were like overly stereotypical, yeah. that kind of thing. And too. like they're, they're calling it right out by having Cass and Harley watch Looney Tunes. Like they were like, this is cartoon violence. Yeah. And you like, this is a particular type of humor. And if you're not into it, that's fine. But like this, they, they never shied away from those expectations, which I appreciate it was kind of like yeah yeah uh let's see anything else mark do you what was was there anything you like that we haven't already discussed we, we, we've talked about the fight choreography that was the big thing for me yeah. like was really that just, was a like, fucking blast <laughs> yeah like it was it was so good on like in every scene it was well put together so it was mm-hmm. wasn't just like there was one standout fight like i know we talked about the the police raid kind of thing was a standout but like there are several action sequences that are really good like her skating that whole skating sketching yeah. <laughs> bit i was like this is i've never seen i can't remember i was thinking to myself like i don't think i've ever seen anything like this in a big like this is the finale of a giant superhero movie right yeah, I've never seen anything and like she's this. She's in fucking rolling yeah. roller skates. She's on roller skates, like Marty <laughs> yeah. flying around, right, like yeah. grabbing the back of cars and shit. I was like, this is fun. Like I was having a good time with it, and it was goofy. And I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I think a Harley Quinn movie should be. So, so my 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 real big takeaway is always just that, like, hey, why would we title this Birds of Prey when it's just so blatantly yeah. just Harley Quinn? Yeah. the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah that whole scene reminded me a lot of yeah. the uh mission impossible top of the train sequence yeah but with a lot, a yeah. lot more fun and style because it was like um the mission impossible one has tom cruise's face like blown by the wind and that really awkward like i'm on a roller coaster <laughs> moment whereas this was just like yeah all the movement was very gymnastic and precise because it's harley so it was like it was really cool to watch mm-hmm. oh yeah and watching that fucking dude take both of her skates <laughs> to the face the driver <laughs> 
oh. holy shit. Like, there were a lot of just, like, serious cringe moments. There's like, oh, oh fuck, that was really painful. Yeah. All of the various moments of, like, serious impact, usually because of Harley doing something, like, mm-hmm. way out there. Starting with her breaking the guy's knees at the beginning of the movie where she jumps right yeah, on top of his legs. I was oh, like, God, yeah. Ah, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where I knew I was like, I'm like, okay, this is the violence level that we're going for. I was like, yeah. I'm now I've readjusted my expectations to where I'm going to cringe for this entire movie. For Perfect. Sure. And it was like fucking Looney Tunes, like cartoon yeah. levels of violence, right? It was, yeah, like, it was like, it was like, if, if fucking Looney Tunes happened in the real world. I was thinking more like itchy and scratchy levels of fucking oh, violence. Yeah. The way like they were really cutting people apart and shit. Yeah. I was like, all right, yeah. here, we're just doing this, I guess. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They earned that R is what I guess we could, what we're trying oh, to say. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, they did. I mean, just yeah. on F-bombs alone, really, also. Like, the, the language kind of surprised me. Like, I guess it shouldn't after that cartoon that we watched a couple weeks ago that we all kind of chatted about. Yeah. But, I uh, still haven't watched that thing. I need oh, to. Oh, we're just like the, the random F, like the constant, like, incessant F-bombs. Oh which in God. this movie, it wasn't as intense as the cartoon. But it, I yeah. still noticed, I'm like, wow, this is definitely an R-rated movie. Because, like, there are people calling each other motherfucker an awful lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So. I like the way Margot Robbie says fuck in her Harley Quinn uh, accent. It's just like, yeah. it's oh, kind man. of great. Great. I just, it's like an, it's almost like an English one where it's inoffensive. You know what I mean? Like they could say it, and you're just like, oh yeah, you could say that word like as much as to you the want. Pope, and it's totally fine. You know, like yeah. it's yeah. totally fine. So <laughs> I will say that that whole shtick with uh, Harley being like a roller derby girl—that's also from that Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti run. Like that is pulled directly from there, <laughs> but it fits the character so well. I remember the covers with her in roller derby outfits now, uh, the the Amanda Palmer art and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that scene too, actually, where she just beats the shit out of the entire team, like goes out of her way. I've seen roller derby Mm -hmm. in real life. Yeah, Yeah. I like that one of those girls was one of the ones that came back to get her too. (laughs) She broke her (laughs) nose. Yeah, Yeah, no, it was it was she was the one that dumped the air conditioner out of the window. Yes, trying to hit her with it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. like that was her like that was her grievance. It was like, oh, you broke her nose. But I was like, oh, that's awesome. It's one of it's not just like Gotham's scumbag underworld it's also like the people at roller derby she pissed off super bad or well. the, yeah. the hyena dealer that she fed to the hyena and then her brother yeah his brother his comes twin after brother. Her. yeah yeah that was pretty good too yeah in, in like in the like dog van in the, in yeah. the company van yeah i was kind of like that whole harley quinn getting hunted thing kind of like fizzled out pretty early i think kind of it was part of the setup of the movie but it didn't actually like feel like it was it came to fruition completely or something like it seemed like it got kind of truncated yeah, i or think something. it just kind of transitions into sionis or sionis like how do you pronounce like i always pronounce it sionis 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 yeah. but yeah. um and they kept pronouncing it sionis and i was like this is very it's driving me crazy but either way yeah <laughs> once it kind of transitions into him being the one who's after her it feels like everybody else is just kind of yeah, they shift away. their focus like, to Cassandra yeah. and getting the diamond. Yeah, they're like, now there's a half a million dollar bounty on this girl, so let's yeah. go after her instead. Yeah. yeah, because like if they have future Harley Quinn movies and people are still after her, then that would be fun. Like they can have like more Arkham style villains coming after her, like Mad Hatter or Killer Croc, because they used to be teammates or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, just, yeah. but I really, would, I really just want that Gotham City Sirens movie so bad. I just want it. I just want it. I don't know who they're going to yeah. cast as Poison ivy and catwoman but i want it well they've already cast catwoman so they, they would use zoe saldana i'm sure or not zoe saldana it's um 
Zoe Kravitz. Sorry. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because she's yeah, in. Yeah. She's in the Batman and the Batman the movie. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I assume though they're gonna try and somehow integrate all that back together at some point. One of the eighteen villains in the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. She yes. <laughs> Get a real redhead. Cast Bryce Dallas Howard as. Too old. Uh, yeah. No. Is she? I don't know. She I, still has, I think so. She still has a youthful. No, I mean Pamela Isley doesn't need to be like a younger character. Like she's a scientist, That's right? True. She Actually, no, you're right. Like yeah. Yeah. in her twenties, she could be like in her thirties and be fine. Yeah, absolutely. If she wants yeah. to get painted green, I'm all for it. So, Which, and go. she's not much of like a hand-to-hand fighter, right? Like That's most true. of what she does is let the plants do the fighting and everything for her. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Do you guys have anything else you want to do before we we, we gripe a little bit? I've got a couple of gripes. Mm, okay. A good. I'm trying to think. No, we can move into gripes. That's fine. Yeah. I think I praised this movie enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't have much, and the ones that I didn't, ha- I did have, like weren't massive for me. But like, the plot is definitely a little fucking thin and contrived. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I mean, it was more a character-driven than a plot-driven movie, so I don't really count that like massively against it yeah it's just that the way that they framed the plot made it feel like it didn't come together until the last act and so like the first Mm -hmm. two acts were just kind of like it was so much table setting in the way that the movie was made that i was just kind of like well just get them in a room together for god's sake it's taking forever and i know like they were trying to like tantalize us make us wait but i think they made us wait just a little too long i understand what your problem is you thought this was a birds of prey movie (laughs) jesus paul no come on man yeah no no. it was my uh, my own fault but like you thought this was what it said on the tin yeah Yeah. this is not a birds of prey movie paul you have to stop (laughs) thinking about it as a birds of prey movie yeah and just it's it's harley quinn and the birds of prey or featuring including birds including what's the the, the most minimal way you can include them and still put them in the title including Uh, yeah with with appearances by with appearances yeah with appearances (laughs) by exactly that's what this movie is it's harley quinn with appearances by the birds of prey featuring birds of prey yeah Yeah, Yeah. exactly no this is featuring (laughs) would you call this featuring (laughs) <laughs> I, well, yeah. in the same way that like that like you you have like a track that features somebody and they're only actually like in the bridge or some shit fair yeah. fair there you go okay <laughs> that works for me that absolutely works for me yeah or it's like when they get featuring and it's like that's your big cameo right like you get yeah, you know, yeah. sorry anthony hopkins is in this is odin and he's in it for three minutes but like that's your big yeah. featuring yeah they yeah. were they were <laughs> integral to the plot well except for huntress huntress was super tangential but like the other three birds I guess Cass and Renee and Dinah seemed like at least more integrated into the plot mm-hmm. for what it was, which was not much. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. So <laughs> featuring, featuring. So yeah, I thought, but it was like it just. I was on board with it, but I was just kind of like cheering it on to like amp up a little faster. I guess. Yeah. Like it just yeah. seemed like it was spinning its wheels for a lot of the first half of the movie. Actually, what really frustrated me was when they she walks into the police station and starts doing like that fight sequence starts, and then it backflips into like we got to go and explain the Cassandra Kane character. Uh, I was like, oh shit! No, See? Yeah. <laughs> like I like that that jump back because I mean it, that that for me was like this is harley's fucking scattered brain right well it made sense i get it but i just i was like oh you you can't tease this fucking action sequence and then like we're gonna zoom Mm. back and do like another fucking backstory now like guys (laughs) that felt a little bit tedious i have to yeah that was a little bit much because like there was a there was a lot of setup as we were like hey we're gonna introduce six characters like a lot of characters at the beginning of the movie and like kind of follow them through but it was like 
they finally were giving, going to give us this big Harley Quinn action sequence, and then they fucking snatched <laughs> it away from you again. And I was like, oh man, that was annoying. <laughs> that yeah. kind of that took it out. That took me out of it for a minute. So I can see that. Yes. See, the other big one for me was the Cassandra Kane character was fine, but it bore no resemblance whatsoever to the actual source character besides that they're both yeah. Asian. That's that's where the similarity ends. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm not sure what the actress was. I don't know. That felt like there wasn't a lot of chemistry between her and Margot, which I feel like kind of not till the end diminished a lot of their scenes together the same thing happened to me here as happened to me with uh deadpool and the younger like new zealand uh kid actor in deadpool 2 okay yeah we're like i just i felt no connection whatsoever between the two of them so i was just like huh their scenes are kind of happening together that's cool like they're in the room together but like i don't feel any like vibe whereas i got more like vibe when margo was working with huntress and uh, and i want to keep one yeah montoya i want to keep one question question yeah yeah. (laughs) and like especially when they kind of get Huntress and Black Canary in the mix, like everybody's in the mix together. I was like, oh, this feels a little bit better. But when it was just the two of them, like that sequence where they're hiding out at the apartment, parts of that I was like, oh, this is really like grinding on me a little yeah. bit. Like this is it's slow. I felt like it slowed down for like two minutes, yeah. and I was like, oh, what is happening in this movie all of a sudden? Like <laughs> it felt like a sugar. Like it felt like the crash of a sugar rush almost in the middle of the movie. And then they eat, yeah. the, they, they eat the sugar cereal, and we go crazy again, kind right. of. Thing, so. <laughs> and a giant bomb gets yeah. thrown into yeah. the apartment. It, yeah. it felt like Margot Robbie was doing all the heavy lifting. I know she's like the more experienced, and she's a wonderful actress. I like, much respect Margot yep. Robbie, but like, like it felt like the cast actress was not giving enough back. Yeah. Ella J. Basco, the actress. I don't know if she's been in anything else. Like, I know she's been in like some TV stuff. Um, like Grace Anatomy okay. and stuff, but it like—I mean, she did the role. She she was completely fine. I just don't think there was. I just felt like I felt a disconnect with that yeah, character. F- yeah, so. I did too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I, this character was as much like Cassandra Kane, Batgirl, Orphan of the comics, like as even less so than Joaquin Phoenix was playing a recognizable version of the Joker. Completely agree. Yeah. Like, yeah. Completely yeah. Agree. like they clearly did it just for name recognition for a not very well-known comic book character to begin with. And so they might as well have just introduced her as a new character with an original. I agree name. because like there is a small faction of Cassandra Kane Batgirl fans, you know, like she, she does have some, that's a good, it character. Is a good character. I agree. And when she appeared in birds of prey, she was like, yeah, I was going to say she was a birds. She showed up in birds of prey a fair yeah. bit, but like she was a, I, she was Batgirl for a significant amount of time in that two thousands, like yeah. during no man's mm-hmm. land, like during big, big stories. Story yeah, arcs. Yeah. yeah. She was Batgirl. Yeah. So like I remember her being Batgirl during some of my prime reading time, which is probably why I'm a little bit more like this kind of irked me a little bit that they did this to like yeah. this is how they treated that character. Where I was like, oh, she's fucking Batgirl in the comics. And she was bat like a badass, like Batman was kind of yeah. scared of her Batgirl. Yeah. So like and like we, like Babs was super butt hurt yeah, whenever she showed Lady up. Shiva. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like and I loved that like she was illiterate. Like there was uh that that aspect she was of her mute character. and stuff like that. Like she hadn't they they had never taught her to speak and communicate properly because all they taught yeah. her to do was kill. Yeah. So. so it was cool to watch. Yeah, even grow. now she hardly yeah, even now she hardly talks. Like she speaks in like very broken sentences and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, so. and that would have been a cool thing to see yeah Yeah. so like this pickpocket backstory really really could have been anybody so they could have like i don't know yeah maybe they should have left cassandra came back girl alone 
because they're they're gonna yeah. have Babs uh, come in. Eventually. Keep her name out of their mouth. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> So. <laughs> that's the other thing like calling this birds of prey when it's not babs bringing the team together yeah. kind of like, mm, not really guys yeah. like not really yeah so if maybe if they had brought in batgirl earlier and that she had been like they had cast her really well and she had been as much of a success as margot robbie was as harley quinn but we got it like we're following the money trail here so you know like it is oh, no, that's what I mean. Like this, that's why, like, I keep laughing at you when you seem to like you. You start talking about it like it's supposed to be a Birds of Prey yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm like, what are you, like, why? Know. Why are we? Why? Why? What's wrong? Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, my major gripe <laughs> in this movie was that okay, it's not a Birds of Prey no, movie. Okay, <laughs> but because of that, we get that fucking weird Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend montage came out of nowhere, yeah. and it was like we filmed this scene and it cost a lot of money, so we're gonna put it in the movie anyway but it was like so ham-fistedly like literally like punched into harley quinn's head as a like as a part of the movie and i'm just kind of like literally fisted into her head i was like i'm i like this sequence but i don't think it belonged in this movie at all like i love the idea of margot robbie as harley quinn doing a marilyn monroe from uh, gentlemen's gentlemen prefer blondes like a Love that so much. My little gay heart was singing, but like, God <laughs> damn it. It felt so disjointed and weird and not in, not in the way that the good disjointed stuff was done in this particular movie as well. You know, like it, it was just bad. It was just mm. badly done in my opinion, but I was okay with it. I like, I mean, I like to, you know, fucking, I, you know, I saw it as Harley got, got the shit knocked out of her and she just fucking went into her head for a few minutes and had a little hallucination, but I can see where you're coming yeah, from. I just kind of enjoy the visual of Marco Robbie in that outfit. So I was kind of, I just, ro- I just rode that wave, you know, like she did look good. Part of that part of this. Yeah. She looks like great all the time. So I was just like, sometimes I was like, I'll just ride this wave. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. going to do that. <laughs> all right, cool. I don't know what's going on, but I'm fine with it. Cause... <laughs> Whereas Paul didn't have that distraction. No, yeah, I was like, I guess the, the camp quality of it was like, was really yeah. like speak my name, you know, it was really doing it for <laughs> me, but like, it was just kind of the way that it, just where, where it was. was if it had been like mm. as a montage earlier in the movie maybe i would have been more into it or something like Fair. yeah yeah it just didn't fit to w- in where it was because it was such like a tense moment of the movie and i don't think they needed to diffuse mm. that tension at that point because like she was tied up to a chair and like then suddenly a kiss on the hand may be quite continental i don't know <laughs> all right. yeah anyway all right <laughs> <laughs> My other minor gripe was that I would have liked, and this is just the fucking DC nerd in me, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more connection to the wider DCEU. Where was Batman? They're yeah. pulling up fucking parts of Gotham and the Batman show up? Is he retired again? I hate this shit. It drives me fucking nuts every time. I, there was the wanted poster of Captain Boomerang in yeah, the police which was department. Good, which was cute. Where I'm, she was like, hey, I know that guy. And I was yeah. like, okay, fine. But like, I would have liked to have seen her like run into one of Batman's other rogues or some shit like that at yeah. some point. Like maybe like fucking Killer Croc, as you said, because they'd worked yeah. together in Suicide Squad or something. Like yep. if they're, you know, they're clearly trying to build this own sort of like wing of the DCEU where they've got like the new Suicide Squad movie coming up, which Margot Robbie's going to be in. And then they've got that Gotham City Sirens in development. So why the fuck wouldn't they not have teased us with that shit yeah. in here? And, yeah, especially the 
you've got a Catwoman who's cast. You have all these Batman people that are they around. They could have had. Like, where's fucking Batman? I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Or even but like, like a news a news report in the background, like what they do in like fucking Spider Man movies or yes. something. Right? Well, like yeah, like right. yeah, like yeah. Aven- yeah, the Avengers aren't around because they're off the planet right now, and that's why they're not helping Spidey deal with this or whatever. But yeah, it's just Batman hasn't been seen in months or some yeah, shit like that. But it just baffles yeah. me that in the middle of his city. Yeah. Like that explosion happens, and he, you'd never hear anything about like, oh shit, the bat's after us, because like the bat would be after them at that yeah. point. Yeah, and they missed an opportunity just to find out what was going on. Yeah, they missed an opportunity to introduce poison ivy there too, because Ace Chemicals, like, she could have been like, this is the ecological toll on the city because of what Harley Quinn did, yeah. and they could have had her on a news report too, like talking. And then there's Doctor Pamela Isley, and then there you go. Like, there's there were missed opportunities. Actually, sure. you know what? They're probably gonna pull that for Gotham City Sirens. That's going to be Poison Ivy. Yeah, it's going to be. That's her origin, is the Ace Chemicals explosion for Gotham City Sirens. She was in there, or around it. She was around it. it. She was around it while she was protesting the chemical dumps or something like that. And when the explosion happened, she got caught in the chemicals, and she became Poison Ivy. Boom. I just wrote your next movie. There you go. Love it. I'd be fine with that if, they, yeah, if that was that. how they chose that's to do cool. it. That's cool. It still just it makes no sense. So maybe that's what happened. She became Poison Ivy at that point, and Batman was chasing her as opposed to chasing Harley Quinn. Sure. That's my headcanon now. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just a little bit more connection. Like, yeah. There there was definitely, you know, I, I don't think it would have just detracted or anything from this, or but you know, I don't know if that's just DC kind of wanting to not necessarily have his universe that's as connected as Marvel, because, you know, they're clearly sort of trying to set themselves apart, which yeah. is fine, but... Oh, man, though. Yeah, those but, those Birds of Prey costumes at the end were so bad. <laughs> they were like CW <laughs> they levels. Were, they were like not bad. great. They were not, they were that, not great. Um, that old New Mutants TV movie that they had? Yes. That's what it gave yes. me, and I was like, oh, <laughs> what are you no but you have a budget why like what is, what are you doing <laughs> it reminded me of the smallville justice league characters is actually what it looked like to me i don't know, I don't know why Ooh, Jesus, that like, shitty green arrow and that shitty uh that shitty aquaman those costumes made the flareover stuff look like oh acceptable yeah you know what i mean so bad yeah. jesus christ especially hunter hey, the, the thing is the flareover stuff when that when it first came out looked good yeah. but now that we've seen like all this other shit like now we're like really- okay We've it seen like look so good costumes. Yeah, exactly. All that kind of stuff. But yeah, the problem is, I think the problem is like we get the TV stuff and then you get the movie stuff, and yeah. like Marvel spends a lot of money on their show. And I don't want to keep. We don't. We have. I haven't actually even mentioned Marvel yet in this review. So I've Not been really. good. I have been good. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, they've spent a lot of money making those suits look real good. And DC spent the money in the movies too, because like the, the that Affleck bat suit and the Superman suit and Gal's outfit look. Yeah. All awesome. So yeah. yeah, some of these outfits were. And I will bad. say that most of the costumes in this were most of the costumes in this were solid. Like I was okay with the Huntress's like yeah. main costume for yeah. the majority of the movie, and fucking Harley's outfits were fantastic. <laughs> the whole fucking movie, like her costumes were on point. My my boyfriend who like Korean, um, apparently Dinah's look was very much like a Korean pop singer from the nineties, and he could not get over it for like he she looks. <laughs> like this singer from the 90s who was super famous but now is like considered pretty cheesy in like a mariah carey kind of way so like he couldn't get over that and when i saw it i was like hmm maybe they were getting their references from some like 90s korean nostalgia because it was yeah accurate but like yeah there was all of harley's looks looked great like every single one i, I really yeah. like that streamer shrug that she had on where the sleeves were all like yeah yeah that start. was cool I, 
her, her club, club outfit, outfit looked real good. That took forever to draw. God, that took so fucking long yeah. to draw. Yeah. That's why I got cropped the way it did, because I was just like, I'm, I'm done. I can't <laughs> I'm do any anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to like track all the fucking ribbons properly. I was like, you know what? I'm No, no, I'm not doing this. No. Yeah, but no. it was... I'm done. Oh, sorry. And, uh, and, and Roman's mask looked pretty badass when he actually See, was wearing it. I thought that looked terrible. Like, really? Uh, yeah, I liked I it. I liked the way it sat on his head very much. Like, <laughs> I thought it just looked puffy, like too big. So. Yeah. I think it's the problem is like you're used to the comic book proportions where it really is very form fitting yeah, like to his face tight, and stuff yeah. like that. And it's almost black or uh, red skull esque kind of thing where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. really formed to his face. So when you see it in live action, it's like, oh, that's jarringly big. But like, I'm, yeah. it, it just always gets me when like I know you can get a cowl that fits tightly, right? So like, I don't know, mm. do better. Mm. I just thought it looked kind of cheap. thought Zaz's design was pretty yeah. good. I mean, he had scars, so I guess. Did he have yeah. a design? I don't really feel like he he was just kind of there he, with scars, which is kind of Zaz's. I, I don't remember who he reminds me of, but he reminds me of like various like quote unquote bad boy characters from early two thousands films for some reason with that fucking bleach blonde hair on top. It looked like he dropped out of train spotting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Spud in train spotting yeah. or some shit. I like Chris Messina, but that was like it was it was kind of weird. Yeah, just his design overall. And yeah, the weird kind of ambiguously gay duo vibe that they had going on. It's just I don't know. The only thing I thought about is I'm like, I wonder if Paul's gonna have a feeling about this. In my that pants. Was, was, Ewan McGregor wow. is gorgeous. <laughs> I love Ewan McGregor. Yeah. I don't man, that scene where he flips out at that lady, that was creepy as fuck. So oh yeah. Oh Jesus. That, that was, was like that was unnecessary. I did not need that. Yeah, I was like, this is a little bit more intense than I think. I don't know, maybe it's just because it was an art like it's an R-rated movie, but it didn't it never felt like an R-rated movie. Like the swearing was there and the violence was there, but it never had that like super like kind of darker no tone. Titties. I mean sure but like that wasn't what i was going for but it just it didn't feel it felt totally like just like a pg-13 movie right like it didn't yeah, feel any different yeah. than anything else so i was like oh okay but that scene i was like well that's like heath ledger joker like terror kind Unhinged, of scenes yeah and it yeah, was like, like he's really going for it i was like well this is uncomfortable and i don't know why this is in this movie i it was for dinah i like it was for her character development and oh, like, i guess the, that, i guess that makes sense they're both in there that scene too right yeah like, Saz, Huntress is in the room too she, yeah I guess, yeah she yeah. was that's, that's her turning point where she's like nah i cannot fucking do it with this yeah, guy yeah that makes sense I'm but done. it's still like whew, this is a very long scene and it's very uncomfortable yeah. so yeah i don't like i felt like they didn't necessarily need to do that because like Dinah was already on board with saving Cass, so like he she knew how bad Black Mask was, but was this like more to get the audience against Black Mask? Like, I don't think we really needed that because I was I already found him pretty creepy and reprehensible, so yeah, that was a tough scene to watch. Yeah, it was. yeah, but I like more Ewan McGregor screen time is always good because I like watching him <laughs> in general, so that's cool. His accent was not as good in this as it was in uh, in Doctor Sleep. Yeah, he it was a little more madcap. Was, I don't think I don't think he put as much into this. Yeah, he was yeah. kind of all over the place with that accent this time too. I was like, sometimes it was, it was American, really- and then sometimes it was drifting real hard in between yeah. the two. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, all right, I get it. I got you. Cool, 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 Looking forward to soft and warm and fuzzy Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Ewan McGregor. I can't wait to get his beard back. I I miss Mm -hmm. miss it. Yeah, I am looking forward to bearded uh, Bearded Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Obi-Wan quite a bit, actually. So this should be fun. He's like right at the perfect age to go back to. I'm like, yes, it's going to be great. Absolutely. Anything else you guys want to give this bad boy a rating? 
Uh, do I have anything else? I did like Harley as a Bernie voter. That was pretty. That worked <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah, I was happy with that. I was like, I want to slow down that that sequence and see like yeah. all because there was there was a lot of fun shit in there. And, and as it started flashing really quickly, I'm sure there were some fun ones. When it comes digital, I'm definitely going to frame by frame that and check it out because there's yeah. probably some good jokes in there. Um, no, I said yeah, my Slipknot absolutely. joke, so I guess that's basically <laughs> it. Like, that was <laughs> that was your your only yeah. note. That was like, like that was the big thing, and it's all in caps. Why are they fighting Slipknot? Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. Wait, wait, I, I, there are no people of color and slipknot right <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing to me they're all white i'm pretty sure they're all white the only other thing is like i want an egg sandwich like that's all i oh, have yeah on the, like i don't yeah that looked really good that was like food porn like dexter style like that the the yeah, the opening sequence. i was like i'm yeah. hungry like don't do this to me right now yeah. guys like i am hungry <laughs> yeah i don't want to spend ten dollars on popcorn right now so <laughs> Uh, all right, well, then let's go around, give this bad boy a, or bad girl, I guess, in this case, a uh, rating out of 10, and sort of your final thoughts. Uh, Paul, you first. I'm going to give this an 8.5. Madcap fun. I'm looking forward to its future franchise potential, but and they were clearly going for that, but I also like that they took the time to make a fun fucking movie that I think was worth the money to go see it in the theaters. I liked a lot of the performances and some of the jank and weirdness about the movie that I didn't quite like. And some of the characterizations that kind of missed the mark didn't take away from my overall enjoyment. Like basically I was just like going from fight scene to fight scene, just enjoying myself the entire time uh, up until the right when Cassandra Kane accident, well, not quite accidentally blows up black mask as his body sprays Jesus. into the bay it's so good that was fun that was awesome i did have a note about that that kind of surprised me i was like well, well they yeah. really went for it there that was <laughs> yeah. that was intense all right cool yeah that he's definitely not coming back yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely did he sign up with marvel is that what's happening now <laughs> yeah well he signed up with disney he's disney, he's disney. Yeah, that's yeah. true that is yeah. true so yeah 8.5 fun a fine holiday fun go check it out because you know it's like now is movie dead zone time and this is good fun to watch like go see it it's good give it give it your money so we can have more margot robbie harley quinn i guess yeah nice mark how about you more like 7.5 8 kind of thing like i had a good time with it but i still think there's some problems with this movie like i don't think it was amazing or anything like that but i I had a lot of fun with it more than anything else i really just wish i would man i had a good bit to close this out with and i forgot it while paul was talking and now now i'm annoyed with myself yeah (laughs) i got my slipknot joke in that's it i'm going back to that (laughs) it's gonna yeah just yeah. beat that one to death with the, with Harley's fucking baseball bat. Yeah, that's all I got at this point. I was like, I forgot what I was going to say. So, hey, hey, guess what? Slipknot joke. Done. <laughs> no, I, it's, right. it's good. Worth it. Go check it out. I had a good time with it. So, yeah. nice. I'm pretty much in the same boat. I definitely fucking worth seeing if you have any affinity for Harley Quinn whatsoever. And I mean, how can you not? Margot Robbie does a fucking fantastic job as that character. Yeah, I think eight out of 10 probably for me. There's definitely some sort of seams and, and some writing that could have been, you know, could have maybe used another couple passes on the script kind of thing. But the end product looks great. Um, it's so much fucking fun. The fight choreography and everything is really, really well done. And yeah, I mean, I would, I probably would watch a Birds of Prey movie with this team, assuming they do a better job with the costumes and like somehow bring in Oracle or like a couple of other like DC female characters. Um, and I would definitely watch more of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Some city so. sirens, give us, give yeah. it, give it. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys stay through the credits? Uh, yes. That fucking that was a dick tease. No, thing. I didn't. 
Yeah. Dude, what was the yeah. <laughs> coming? Because I didn't see it. So it's it's basically the same joke from the animated series where she's like, "Hey, I'm going to tell you guys a really good secret for sticking around." Batman, and they cut it off. She says, "Batman fucks," but like cuts it, it off. Batman yeah. fucks bats <laughs> oh, is the joke. Okay. From the, the anime <laughs> yeah, series. Yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, then let's go into our final Stingless segment, Geek Cred, where each of us go around and recommend something to our listeners. So, Paul, what's your Geek Cred for this week? I think it has to be the Gail Simone Birds of Prey run. It has to be. I know I've probably recommended it a million times before, <laughs> but like, just please go read it. Starting with Chuck Dixon and moving right through to Gail Simone's entire run, just go. Read I love it. Paul and Christy with these like, hey, go read 300 issues of something. Listen, <laughs> like, what, 100 and something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 17. <laughs> yeah. It's just a consistently good superhero spy thriller extravaganza, good times all around. And like, again, the Babs and, and Dinah friendship is probably one of the best things I've ever seen in comic books. It's just so, they're just so fun to watch interact together even when they spend like 30 issues not even seeing each other it's great go go read it just go <laughs> well i'm gonna spin off that and also recommend comics but i'm going to recommend the amanda connor and jimmy palmiotti run of harley quinn because if you like this version of harley quinn you will like that that run for sure because it draws so heavily on this version of the character. So it starts at Harley Quinn zero, which is from like late 2013. And that run basically goes up. Yeah. Yeah. I think goes up until now unbroken. It's not still Connor and Palmiotti, um, but it is still a solid fucking book. I love uh, it's up to like issue 70 something. God. I love yeah. her art. So. And and those the two of them like writing together are a fucking great team. Like they're married, they get each other, they get the humor, they get this character for sure. It starts out with like Harley taking up residence in Coney Island and like living in basically this sort of freak show house and making friends with all these people that are part of the freak show, which is just right up her fucking alley. And you know, it's again like her sort of still trying to kind of get over Mr. J and everything. And uh, that's also where that fucking taxidermy beaver comes from. So I, that, that was fucking one of those like way out of left field things. If you did not know, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh, that's a nice little touch. Nice, nice uh, nod to the comic fans mm-hmm. in there. And also where Harley playing roller derby comes from and all kinds of other elements of this version of the character. So that is Mikey cred. And I'm sure it's all on the DC universe app. It is. There's also like three, uh, omnibuses that have like 20 or so issues each um actually wait i think more than that probably like omnibus like usually 30 like 30 issues. I think. yeah yeah 30 something issues each that are just called like harley quinn by amanda connor and jimmy palmiotti and they're just omnibus one and two and three so yeah mark how about you uh shit just follow me on Instagram. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so Instagram, MC underscore Willette. And my show is on February 22nd in St. Catharines at Matai. I don't know if anybody will be there, but hey, man, I'm there from 9 till 10-ish or something like that. I'm there all day, like just all goddamn day. Or I will be at Kitchener Comic Con the weekend after that, too. So come say yes. hi or whatever. Buy some art. Yes. And follow me. That. Follow me on Instagram because I need those numbers. <laughs> need them clicks. 
All right. Well, with that, thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to us talk about this Harley Quinn. I mean, Birds of Prey movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us what you thought about the movie if you've seen it uh, or, you know, if you agree with our opinions, if you disagree, you can do so on our Facebook at facebook.com slash Dance Robot Dance Podcast. You can email us at Dance Robot Dance Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. And if you are not already subscribed to our podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Spotify and Stitcher and basically anywhere that podcast can be found. So with that, we will say good evening from the East End of Gotham. Say good night, Paul. Good night, everybody. Say good night, Mark. Good night, guys. And I'm Tim. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Quick, bring the colander. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh.